The story takes place over a few years. I was 17 years old when it started. I'm a female, and I'm now 22. I've always had a hard time when it came to male attention, and so I usually don't really trust it. Well, when I was 17, I was just starting my first semester at a community college. I hadn't started driving yet, and my brother had agreed that he would drop me off in my classes. We had still lived in San Jose, and I was going to San Jose City College, and I was only going to campus four days a week. My brother was going to San Jose State, however, and the distance to him meant that I would be dropped off a few hours earlier, before my first class started. For context, my first class on Monday and Wednesday was at about 9, and I would go for four hours, with a break in between for lunch. After that class, I would normally go to the school library that was down a straight path and reserve a study room with a classmate of mine, and then we would do homework until I got picked up. Tuesdays and Thursdays I had two classes, so I was only on campus for a few hours. On Tuesdays and Thursdays I usually got picked up right after class from the student drop-off slash pickup that was a little inlet right in between the library and English building. Anyways, this was probably the third day of my classes. I had been dropped off by at least 7am due to the fact that my brother had to get to his campus job early. I set myself near the outside staircase that was across from the M building right where my math class was being held. I had my earbuds in, just listening to music and reading a book. There was one class in session right across from me as I was in front of the A building. I had left about one foot space between me and the staircase railing. It was cold out, being in the middle of September and early morning. I was in the middle of reading when I had felt someone's eyes on me. I slowly raised my eyes and glanced around. My eyes landed on the sky with a man bun. He walked right my way, and his lips were moving. But with my music playing, I couldn't hear him. I pulled an earbud out and said a bit rudely, Are you talking to me? I was hoping he'd get the hint that I wanted to be left alone. But he repeated what he said, and I just wanted to gag. He said, Hey baby girl, what you doing here all by yourself? The way he said it just gave me a bad vibe, and I didn't want to be stuck in this conversation. Oh, I'm just here waiting for a classmate of mine. I gotta study before class. Which wasn't really a lie, as my classmate Jay was in an earlier class, right in one of the top floors of the M building. Well, I'm B. What class are you waiting for? As he asked his question, he had scooted closer and my hand instinctively shot to my pepper spray that was right on my keychain in my backpack. I scooted back, but tried not to make it noticeable. I just smiled politely and then said, Uh, Ray, we meet here, but we need to walk to the CT building. Well, you know, I could walk you to the CT building sometime, he said again as he scooted closer. This time my back was getting closer to the staircase railing. Oh no, that's okay. I said. I tried to remain composed, but something about him being so close to me just scared me. I usually don't go straight to class anyway, I said. Do you have a boyfriend? His hand shot to mine that was now over my closed book. I shot back and smiled nervously. Um, girlfriend actually. He cut me off quickly and looked me up and down. Well fuck, I didn't figure you were gay. You just haven't had any good dick yet. 
Now, I knew those words were coming right away, as being bisexual and openly so with my friends. I just shook them off and stood to walk to the library. The girlfriend part was just a lie, and I was just hoping he'd leave me alone if I left. Well, I was wrong. As I had walked, I had sent a text to Jay and said to meet me at the library ASAP. When he saw me take my phone out, he asked if we could swap numbers. I told him I didn't really feel comfortable doing so, as we had just met. He then kept asking about all of my social media. My Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything. And at the time, I didn't even have a Twitter. My Facebook, I only use for family. And as for Instagram, I lied and I said I didn't have one. But he then saw my home screen and then said, Well, what about Snapchat? <sighs> sure, why not? I said. We swapped Snapchats and then later that day, when I got picked up from the library, I saw a few messages from B. I opened them up and the conversation was relatively small. That day, I had gone to Safeway with my dad and as we were walking through the store, I saw a familiar head of hair. Trying not to think too much of it, I brushed it off. At one point, my dad and I separated, and we split up to get certain items. I was going through the cereal aisle, and right from behind me, I felt it. A solid presence. I turned slightly, and B stood there in the aisle with me. He was facing the opposite direction. The hairs on my neck then stood up. I grabbed a box of cereal, and then left the aisle. When I met up with my dad again, I felt a bit safer. Now, my dad was a big dude. He was darker in complexion, fuller facial hair, and a really serious, don't mess with me or my kids kind of look. He was 5'11 and pretty heavyset from toned muscles. I've always been scared of him for as long as I can remember due to his temper because I know what he's like, so I knew I'd be safer being next to him. My dad gave me a small look, as I was never usually this attached to him. My phone gave a small vibration, and as I looked at it, there was a notification from Snapchat. I opened it, and it was B. Hey, are you at Safeway? I didn't respond. I just closed the app. Then, there was another vibration. I glanced at the message, and it read, I didn't know you lived on the east side. Can I come say hi? At this point, my dad and I were in a checkout line, and he was now paying. I was feeling very anxious at this point. I closed the app and waited anxiously for the groceries to be bagged. When everything was done, I grabbed the bags and we left. I walked a little bit faster than usual. When my dad asked what was wrong, I told him I just had to pee, and he believed it. After that, I blocked me on Snapchat, but that didn't stop him. Not too long after, he soon found me on Instagram. Now, my Instagram is private, so when he sent me the request, I would always remove it every time, but he would just send another one. The next time I saw him on campus and I was alone, he asked me some very invasive questions about my sex life, about my made-up girlfriend. I really tried my best to ignore the questions, but each time, he would try hitting on me, and more and more shamelessly. I eventually got my brother to start dropping me off later so that I could just sit in the library and wait for Jay to get out of her class. However, just when I thought I was done with them, done with the weird messages, the weird sexual harassment, I was wrong. 
It was about a year and a half later, and I was at work one day, and I was working a night shift, waiting for the day to just end. While I was working at the bar, and this was one of the early days of my work life, when I didn't really have my own personal dress code for working at that type of bar, I was wearing some shorts and a v-neck t-shirt. My hair was in a ponytail, and I had some light makeup on. I was tending to the customers at the bar and ringing up some regulars. I heard the back door swing open, and when I then turned to see the far bar still slide back, I waited a bit, and before the person can take their seat, I'm then called to the back. I rushed to the back and took care of an inventory problem, but when I then came back, I recognized the face in the far bar stool. I took a second, and I hoped he wouldn't recognize me. I walked up to the bar, and I asked if there was anything I could get him. When he told me what beer he wanted, I served it to him, and as soon as I turned around, I could hear him and his friend, the guy next to him, then whisper about me behind my back. I handed the glass to him, and I gave him a smile. I asked if he wanted the one, or a tab, and if he wanted a menu. After a while, I put it together, and sent it through on our POS. When I asked his name for our POS ticket, he told me his name, and it was like he just pieced it together. He paused, before he then said, Hold up, I've seen you before. You go to city? Ah, uh, I didn't want to respond before he then said it. Oh my god, your baby girl. He smiled right at me, glancing up and down, then nudging his friend. I chuckled uncomfortably, before saying hi again. His buddy looked at me, giving me a once-over, and then said, Well, you're right. She does fill out. Feeling extremely uncomfortable, I told them to let either of us know if they need anything else. After that, I then walked away, and when I reached my coworker T, I told her what happened and how I knew the guy. She told me she would try and handle the bar if they needed anything. Well, after that, the guy came in every Wednesday and Friday, as those were the days I worked and the same days he was on EVC campus. Every time he came, I tried my best not to work the bar, as he would just sit there and stare at me the whole time. Some months later, I had been promoted to key holder, and it would be part of my job to train new hires. So, I was cleaning on our reach-ins, and in walks B. I silently watch him as he walks inside and comes up to the counter. I'm here for an interview with Mitch. Shocked, I told him he could take a seat in one of the booths. Now, our manager Mitch was kind of an asshole, and even if I told him that the guy had been following me around from SJCC, I just knew he wouldn't have listened. I also knew that Mitch was going to be 15 minutes late. I walked to the back, and I called LNT into the back to help me arrange the kegs. Once back there, I refreshed T on everything that happened, and I also let Ella in on everything as well. I was really hoping that he wouldn't get hired, but my bosses were pretty desperate assholes. After his interview, he had looked at me, and as he was leaving, he winked and said, Tell your girlfriend I said hi. I grumbled to myself, and I knew I was screwed. His first day of training was really uncomfortable, as the space between the reach-ins and the wall was barely just big enough for two people to squeeze by. As I was training him, his hands would hover over me and my arms. Now, we handle knives where I work and I actually had to stop myself from taking the knife and jabbing it into his palm. On his second day of training, I was in the back slicing and doing dishes when B came up behind me and then placed his hand on the small of my back. He then whispered in my ear, Don't worry, Ray. 
you're still baby girl to me. He rubbed my arm, and I felt my skin crawl. When he walked to the front of the store, I looked up and saw the camera in the corner of the ceiling. It was facing towards the slicer, opposite of the sink. It wouldn't have caught all that happened. That wouldn't have been the last time he cornered me in the kitchen. I tried to make schedule as it was flexible on our own time, so I tried to make it that I only had to work when he wasn't, but it didn't always work out that way. The last run-in we had was right before the COVID lockdown started, and our business slowed down. I had started doing opening shifts, and I was just waiting for the time to reach 4 o'clock. I wanted to go home and nap. I knew that B was coming in to take over for the night shift, and I wasn't too thrilled to see him. His comments were getting brazen, and he was pushing his luck. I was really over being polite and being walked over. When he came in, he clocked in, and he had put his stuff in the employee's locker in the back. I waited for a bit, but when I heard no footsteps, I headed to the back to get my bag. He was typing away on his phone. I reached down to the locker to grab my bag. When I did, I quickly stood again, and I then headed to the front to wait for my time to clock out. As I waited to clock out, I realized there were no customers in the store. I cursed to myself, and I was hoping he'd just leave me alone. I heard his footsteps approach me, and his hand rested once more on my lower back. As he went to say something, I then looked at the time, and it read 4.05. Oh, look at the time. I gotta go. I then punched out my time code and left. A few days later, we would go into COVID lockdown, and he would mark himself as unavailable during the lockdown. So yeah, I haven't seen him since. For context, this took place when I was around 8 years old. My family had just moved back to the San Jose area from Utah. We had fell on harder times financially, and my parents had to work longer hours. My brother, who was three years older, and myself went to an elementary school that was maybe about a half a mile from where our grandparents lived. Our parents, generally overprotective, enrolled us in the local children's after-school club, which was just half a mile from the school. Due to the hours they worked, we were usually part of the last batch of kids to go home. My brother was a fifth grader, and I was a second grader when we first joined. Our parents always instilled in us to always wave for each other on the campus, as they didn't want us walking through the neighborhood by ourselves. They also gave us simple slide phones, for the purposes of calling and texting each other. The staff at the club was really kind, and the staff member that saw over the tech room became very familiar with my brother and I. As young kids who had moved around frequently, Sean was really friendly, in a normal way of course. He allowed my younger shy self to sit in the tech before the rooms opened up and during the club times, even though I had barely been a part of the claymation projects. It was our following year at the club. My brother was now a sixth grader and he had moved on to a brand new school. His school was a little over half a mile from my school. Our parents again told us that since I would be getting out sooner, I would walk with the pickup group from the club and Dee would walk with his friend from the club. However, a few weeks into the school, I was then moved into the school's gate program, and that meant I wouldn't be able to walk with the pickup group. I began walking to the club by myself. I would get there after the established homework time and after the assembly, where they would tell us what games would go on for the day. I would walk in, tie my coat in, leave my backpack by the cubbies, and make my way to the tech room. On this particular day, my brother had arrived before me, 
I had wandered through the chairs and the tables that made up the tech room. I was looking for D. The dimmed lights of the room made it really difficult, but every once in a while, the computer screens would light up the user's faces and it could scan multiple faces at once. My shorter stature made it hard to peek around shoulders, but eventually I was coming around to the last stretch of rows. As I had passed by a lone setup computer, I felt an arm wrap around my waist. It snatched me up from the ground and swiveled around just as quick, but no one seemed to notice. Hey, where have you been? I didn't recognize the voice. I glanced up at the speaker, and it was an older boy. He could have been a high schooler or an older middle schooler. I wasn't really sure. All I knew was that he was a lot older than I was. I didn't know this person. No one was paying attention, and his hand was now getting closer to the inside of my thigh. Rhea. He knew my name, but I didn't know him. I couldn't even recall seeing him here before. You know what this means, right? You're my girlfriend. His hand kept rubbing up my thigh, sometimes even touching the fabric between my thighs. My dad says I'm not allowed to have a boyfriend. I'm too young to date. I didn't know what else to say. Being eight and really scared of making him mad, I just sat right there in his lap. It's okay. It'll be our little secret. Don't you want that? I looked around and I'd hoped someone or Sean would see what was happening. Instead, I saw the back of Dee's head and he was sitting in the last stretch of rows. The older kid was speaking again, all breathy and quiet. One hand kept in my thigh and the other wrapped around my stomach to keep me on his lap. I thought it would never end. I really wanted to cry and scream and in hindsight, I probably should have, but I was a terrified little girl and he was almost three times my size. All of a sudden, we heard through the speakers, connected through Sean's office phone. 808, 809. That was my code. My parents were here. Um, I gotta go. My parents are here. Come on, just a little while. Before I could finish, the room brightened up, and I looked around. Sean had looked around the room, first spotting my brother. But before he could see me in the older boy's lap, I squirmed out as his arm around my stomach had let up. As Sean found me among the sea of other kids, I walked as fast as I could out of the room, not looking back at the boy. As I got to the door, Sean reached out and he lowered himself. Hey Rhea, is everything okay here? I nodded and smiled and rushed after Dee. We left the building and as we made our way home, I didn't say anything. As far as I knew, Dee hadn't seen what happened and I didn't want my mom to yell at me about my imagination. However, my silence was short-lived. When we sat down for dinner that night, all four of us, my parents had started divulging about their days and then asking how school went when Dee then blurted out, Rhea was sitting with a boy today. Both of my parents just looked at me, waiting for a reply. I muttered out, he said he was my boyfriend. My mom just laughed a little, looking over at my dad. Oh, did he now? Yeah, I said. She was sitting on his lap. Dee spoke, eating the last bite of his food. I looked at both of my parents, and they didn't say anything. But I could clearly see the anger behind my dad's eyes. I went to bed that night crying, thinking my parents were going to be upset with me, and now this boy was going to be in trouble because I couldn't keep a secret. But Dee, my own brother, he saw it happening. Why didn't he come get me? 
That morning we carried on as if nothing was said. I went to school, skipped the gate after school class, and went to the after school club instead. This time I had sat outside of the tech room, and Sean noticed. Rhea, you're here early. You don't want to come in? I shook my head and I stayed on the bench. He then offered me a spot to sit in the studio or in his office. I said a quiet thank you, and I eventually made my way in and got comfortable in the studio. Eventually, when the tech room fully opened, I saw Dee walk in, and I went with him to share a computer. It was maybe about an hour before six when Sean turned all the lights on and rushed out of the room towards the main lobby. Dee and I, being the nosy little kids we were, slowly got up and made our way to the door, along with a few other kids as well. Instantly, we knew what was happening. I could pinpoint that yelling anywhere. My dad was here. He was exploding on the staff here. The staff were trying to calm him down, trying to get him into the lead staff member's office. What happened when my dad went into the office goes as follows. My dad totally blew up on the lead member. What is this I'm hearing about my eight-year-old daughter sitting on a high schooler's lap? I don't know how he found out how old or how much older the boy was, but he did, and he was pissed. Mr. Sala, calm down. We're looking into the incident. Incident? She's eight, on an older boy's lap. Where the hell was the staff? I want to see the young man who thinks he can put his hands on my child. Mr. Sala, please calm down. We can't allow you to go after this child. He's a special needs kid. Well, that doesn't excuse his behavior. After my dad stormed out of the office, he took us home, left the building, and I had tears streaming down my face. Dee and I didn't go back to the after-school club for about a week, and when we did, things were a lot different. The lights in the tech room weren't as dimmed as before. There were double the staff members in each room, some of them rotating, and that boy, you might ask, I never saw him again. Some of the kids who had been there when my dad burst through the door, temper ablaze, would just stare at me as I walked by. I took to sitting near the front of the tech room by the door, as well as the soccer field, back where I would sit and daydream hoping to never feel like that ever again. I was used to my dad's temper, but the staff refused to deal with anyone other than our mother after that incident. But after that boy disappeared, I was really glad. I never told anyone on how he touched me inappropriately until two years ago. Fifteen years, and I crisply remember the yelling, the guilt. To this day, I have no idea who that boy was, and I have no idea what happened to him. I hope I never have to run into him again though. I've moved enough times now, but I'll recognize your face anywhere. If you're out there, I really hope I never see you again. Hi everyone, my name is Ryan and I'm from California. I know this story isn't going to seem as scary as a lot of the others covered on this topic, but it's still really unnerving to say the least. This happened during my senior year, which is 2018 to 2019. Now, this was a pretty normal day until all the teachers got a call stating that we were on a lockdown. Of course, with the news of school shootings, any sort of threat was taken very seriously. It was during the middle delayed portion of the school day, and I was at the point where I was really ready to go home. But of course, hearing about the lockdown made me really scared. That at the least, I would have to be there past when I was supposed to leave. Or at the worst, me, a close friend, teacher, or someone else would end up seriously injured or worse. 
We were stuck in a lockdown somewhere between half an hour to an hour until we were finally able to resume our day. I didn't really find out much information on the day of, but we eventually learned that someone was wanted for murder and was apparently hiding out on one of the streets in someone's backyard that was right on the side of my school. The person was caught and they had a standoff with the police. Now, my high school wasn't on any main roads, so tracking them down was a bit harder. But eventually the guy was caught hiding on one of the streets near the back end streets near the science building, as well as near the portable classrooms. Luckily, none of the staff or students were hurt. I've learned to always be prepared for the unexpected, and to realize that you can never be too careful. Whether you're at home, work, or out and about, or even at school, remember that being paranoid or suspicious when it comes to these situations doesn't necessarily make you a crazy person. It can really help you in the right situation. This happened about two years ago when I was in the sixth grade. Everything was going really good for me until my cousin came to my school. I need to say that I came out as bisexual before he came, as it's somewhat important to the story. Anyway, there had really been some drama between my mom and uncle about three years before he came to my school. I won't go too in-depth, but basically my uncle got mad at my mom because she wouldn't pay a share of a bill. He got really angry, and he kicked us out, and I had basically forgotten all about it until he came to my school. He then started talking shit about me and my mom, saying we're poor because we couldn't pay rent. Mind you, that's not even what happened. But He then started talking shit about me and my mom. I later went to the principal about it, but nothing ever came of it. Well, it got even worse when someone told him I'm bi. He then started calling me a bunch of horrible names. He would throw paper at me in the class we shared, and he would whisper to the people near him that I was the F-slur. Those were his exact words. Now, you might be thinking, why didn't I just tell my mom what was happening? Well, I didn't because I was afraid that it would cause even more problems. More problems that I didn't need at the time. It made me really depressed. I would even fake being sick so I didn't have to deal with them. I had decided to go to school this one day because my friends kept asking me if I was okay. The next day when I went to school, the day started off as normal. I was in my second class, which I didn't have with them. Well, about halfway into the class, the intercom had started, saying that we're going into a lockdown. We did all the standard lockdown procedures. One hour later, we had gotten an announcement saying the lockdown was over. They also said that it was apparently a student roaming in the 6th grade hall with a gun. That really freaked everyone out in the room because we all could have been shot. Summer was called early, since it was early May when this happened. Well, a few days later, we got a knock at the door from the police. Well, the police officer told us that apparently it was my cousin who caused the lockdown. They also told us that he said he was going to kill me because in his mind, all gays and weirdos need to die. It scared me to the bone to think that my own cousin would want to kill me at school and in front of everyone there at that. The police officer said then he also admitted to stalking me at school and sometimes even following me home since I walked and didn't live too far away from school. He had memorized my entire school schedule. We eventually moved away to another town where people were a lot more accepting. I've been going to therapy and it somewhat helped me recover from this. I still sometimes have nightmares about him breaking out of juvie and killing me in my sleep, or him killing me that day when he brought the gun to school. That's absolutely horrible. 